Clint. Hello. Welcome to another episode of uh, Blue Book Newswire Almost Live. <laughs> progress. Kind of live. Um, live adjacent. Live adjacent, <laughs> yeah. So today we have no Natalie because Natalie's traveling as we all have been, it uh, sounds like. Trent, you've been all around globe trotting yes. to concerts. Yes. You saw fish. Who else did you see? I saw government mule and I saw fish again. And then I saw fish again. <laughs> and then I saw fish again. And then I saw fish again. Oh, okay. So, so I saw them five times and I saw government mule once in the past like three weeks. Wow. Do they call do they have a name? Because you have Deadhead for Grateful Dead. What's a yeah. fish head? Uh, see, I don't really know. Someone asked me that recently, and considering how many shows I've been to, you should know that, but I don't really know, honestly. Like it's a great question. Like <laughs> I guess you could call them fans with a PH, which is kind of lame, but oh, yeah. I guess people could say that. But I don't yeah, really know. Yeah, because it have to be like, I'm a fan, PH fan. And that just, it takes too long already. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it's not just, Deadhead just sounds a lot more smooth and you kind of know what you're talking about. And Swifties, you know, I like that one too. So yeah, that's a great question. I, I need to find out a definitive answer because I don't know. But then again, within these communities, there's probably not good definitive answers because people are going to get upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Don't you don't want to make a fish fan mad? A fish fan. Exactly. <laughs> all the old the old fish fans now that we're all we listen to it when we were younger and now we're all like 40 to 60 year old people unless yeah. <laughs> they knew them growing up. So it's pretty fun. You know, I felt that at Taylor Swift when I saw a little girl in front of me. I go, Does she even know any of her music? How do you even know? Like, you know, like one album. I'm just thinking, that's probably what my like other generations feel probably the same about my generation when we hop on the bandwagon of one of their bands so yeah it's just history like repeating itself <laughs> like 1989 you were born later than 2000 i know you were born after 2010 <laughs> you're born in 2009 <laughs> exactly oh gosh that's depressing like i graduated from college after that i mean before that oh i know <laughs> i know it's really scary because what so yeah, people at, born after the year 2000 are drinking alcohol. The 2020, the, all the 2022ers are turning 21 this year. And sorry, shared with me, like, I like horror movies a lot. Like, I've been a big fan since I was younger. And there's a horror movie by Rob Zombie called House of a Thousand Corpses. And it, I remember this because I'd seen it for the first time when I was, I'd first moved to Florida when I would had started college. And it was like a very... Uh, like a very vivid memory I have because I remember purchasing this DVD at Target with my mom and like I've always had this vivid memory and I got that one signed by one of the actors who passed away so she showed me something yesterday she's like hey they're releasing that again for their 20th anniversary I was like oh isn't that 20th anniversary what? no <laughs> how old am I then I that that what 20 no no that's not cool that's, that's I know I'm old I'm an old person now I know I feel like I heard the other day, like some Haley, <laughs> wait, Haley, Haley Duff. Is that her name? Why am I? Blaming? Hillary Duff. Oh, Hillary Duff. <laughs> like, why does that not sound right? Well, Haley yeah, like, Duff turned... was another one. Yeah. One of her songs turned 20 the other day, I think. I was like, how does that add up? Oh, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, but then I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, that's right. I have all that gray hair. Never mind. It does make yeah, sense. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, we're there. Mm -hmm. Okay. It adds up. <laughs> Yeah, we're getting old. All right. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> so what else can we talk about? What's going on in the world of lumber? 
Lots of acquisitions well, we're seeing lately. So we're a lot of a fun stuff. Um, well, we're getting there's been some acquisitions we've spoke about as well recently. You know, there's a couple more of those. A little bit of um mixed information, you know, but a lot of the emphasis recently has been on quarterly earnings because we're kind of in that season now. So we're starting to see second quarter, depending on when the year end is, sometimes first or year ends even. But majority of this is still, you know, people have you know, usually quote normal year end. So most of it's second quarter um, results coming out. So that's going to be what we're highlighting a lot on this. And it's been a, I wish I could say it's been a mixed bag, but a lot of it's been bad when you're comparing it towards last year, which makes yeah. sense. I mean, I think we all saw that coming, looking at just how, you know, this prices and everything were so have been high historically. And we've seen pullbacks. So, I mean, it kind of fits in with the narrative we already kind of figured is going to come, but when it comes, it's still people are like, oh, my goodness, you know, so, I, right. you know, it's one thing to expect it. Then you see it and you're like, ah, but, you know, I mean, we'll keep it in mind that it it fits in line with what's been happening. Right. But the first um, item of news we have that um, has been at the top of everyone's mind over the past couple of days, I should say, is Nation's Best um, acquired another company. They've been kind of on a little spree recently down mm -hmm. in predominantly the southern area um this is another one in texas so they actually after this acquisition of cane hardware and lumber they have 19 locations just in texas okay so they have, like i said some other in the southern um, region i think mostly just if i remember correctly almost exclusively in the southeast i might be wrong on that now i'm thinking about it but mostly down in that area so nation's best so they um that's not that's a lumber company or is that a uh, they're kind of like like a us lbm type of a thing okay. uh where they've they are a parent company and they operate a lot of um subsidiaries under there and they're kind of combining you know operations down there into like you know state by state operations type things but just kind of uh, one of those ones kind of gobbling up little ones like another a, a version of them like kodiak building partners like that kind of a logic might be closer because they're kind of similar like a smaller version of that making their way up because you know you look at USLBM and they're just they have home have like what 50 60 companies under them then you have right. Kodiak and you have a company like this which is newer I forget when I mean they've only been around um 2019 and it says that they have um 49 locations in 14 states like I said I think most of them are in the south you know southeast as well um the majority of them there but I do remember they did acquire somewhere up recently as high up as um, North Carolina I remember there was okay. one up there um, but yeah, since 2019, I mean, it's a pretty big expansion. They started just as essentially yeah. a holding company. No kidding. Gobbling them up. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So um, up from that, then we had the um, U.S. Census Bureau um, release their monthly new residential sales for the month of June um, of this year. So basically, this is kind of just, you know, pretty quick fact type thing. So, you know, not a lot to expand upon this one. It says sales of the new single family houses in June of this year were at um, 697,000, um, which is 2.5% um, below the May rate of 715,000. But it says this is almost 24% above the June 2022 rate, which was an estimate of 563. So you're mm -hmm. seeing some pretty big gains over there. Yeah. And at the same time, it also said that the medium sales price of new houses sold in June was $415,400. Wow. So, I mean, this anecdotally, I mean, I can tell you just looking at our neighborhood now, home prices are so much higher than we bought ours. Now, I mean, we bought ours in 2015, but I mean, you're looking yeah. at home prices now that, I mean, 
I don't even know the percentage, but I mean, say you had a house roughly that I was looking at that sold on our street. I think that it sold for right, right around like 375. That house, when we bought ours, probably would have sold for 240, 250, maybe something like that. Wow. So, I mean, that's a pretty substantial increase. And all of that increase came within the past three years. Like before that, you could buy them pretty much almost the exact same. So, yeah, it's just been, I mean, it's been, I, I've been, one thing I just saw that someone had, posted online there's a handle that i follow on twitter it's called unusual whales um it's kind of an interesting one i don't know if you've ever heard of them before or i guess it's not twitter it's x whatever you want to call it now um, <laughs> oh yeah cool i forgot because... we have to call it x now yeah, x. um i think i've heard i think maybe i've heard you talk about it before but they're really cool and they follow um kind of trends they also like to publish stuff on you know like people that are in office you know across the board no political affiliation just you know insider transactions they made so it's kind of opening up transparency but they had an interesting thing they came out with which it says if home prices decreased by five percent more than two hundred thousand households could be at risk of falling into negative equity essentially going mm. underwater on their home loans per core logic now for me personally when i read that i'm like that's obviously not surprising at all but yeah. with that being said it's super scary when you think about that because you're looking at how high these home prices are now and right. just knowing how they were valued before and the interest rates are at and it's like if stuff hits the fan like we've talked about like last time with natalie how you know economists are still looking at pullback i mean that's really yeah. scary for these people that have been buying houses you know in the past predominantly say like a year and a half to two years once the rates went up and high prices went up i mean right yeah that it's i mean it's it's scary honestly what could happen so we're kind of expecting there still to be a pullback but at the same time you're like gosh when you look at stuff like this it's like it could be devastating i mean it could right. be real ugly if that happens i mean people yeah. kind of set themselves up for disaster in certain circumstances and i mean hopefully they have the they didn't hopefully they position themselves so that if something negative happens, they're not going to have what we just spoke about happening. But I mean, the problem is a lot of things aren't that easy. You know, sometimes people are just so adamant to get into a house, you know, they want to get into one not making the best calls, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. and you know, because you're playing, it's like a catch-22 because home prices will continue to go up over our lifetime. Interest Absolutely. rates are always going to change. So it's yep. like, you know, is it the best time to get in now before they go up three more points? Is it best to wait and wait and to see if they go down? And if houses are just overinflated with pricing, but you know, I think you just have to kind of look at your situation and nobody wants oh, yeah. to be house poor, right? So if it pencils out better to rent, I know we talk about that all the time, then maybe yep. that's the right time to do that. But um it's yeah, just, I would be so, so scared many right now. Yeah, I'd be so scared now because of, like we said, like the shoe just hasn't ever seemed to drop the second one. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, but with that being said, like you said, I mean, you could all of a sudden sit here in another year and a half and be like, oh, houses prices went up, you know, by on average, say another $50,000 interest rates are the same. There was no pullback. And they were like, oh, huh. I guess right. that's all we got going on. So eh, what right. are you going to do? What are you going to do? Snakes so, on a plane. Yep. So we got some other fun stuff. Like I mentioned, some um, second quarter highlights here. Uh, Blue Links came out and released their highlights. Um, said the second quarter net sales were $816 million, a decrease of $423 million or 34% when compared to the second quarter of 2022. 
Okay. Like I said, I mean, we're seeing some big drops here overall. You know, gross profit, 136, uh, 136 million, I should say, a decrease of 66 million or 33% year over year as well. Mm. So once again, you know, that it kind of falls in line with what we spoke about, you know, in regards to that. Um, I got a couple other release um, quarterly, so I'll just go with those, even though it might not be sequentially nor the most read, but just so we stay in the same vein. West Frazier. Similar kind of thing overall. I mean, they were talking about how, you know, early in the second quarter, they had really experienced challenging market demand, especially yeah. with their pulp and paper. Um, they did downtimes. They did maintenance shutdowns to kind of try to help with it. But still, I mean, they still had, you know, their sales and everything and, you know, EBITDA and everything was still down for them as well. I mean, you're going to Weyerhaeuser, same thing here as well. Um, you're looking at second quarter earnings of $230 million, um, compared to um 788 million the year before so wow. i mean you're looking at i mean and you're looking at relativity it's similar to what blue links was saying though i mean kind of you know in that same vein so your builders first source nets um a net sales decrease of 34.6 percent that quarter um core organic sales 22 percent down as well beacon you know same thing you know uh mm. Well, actually, I mean, just to say that Beacon, I should say, isn't the same thing. Rather, Beacon actually they had their net sales increased by six percent um, compared to the prior year. Um, they're also in a slightly different area than you know the rest of these companies we're talking in talking right. about. So once again, seeing a lot of you know negativity in that regard, but negative relative to what we're seeing, so it's not overtly surprising in my opinion. Um, one cool thing I'd like to point out is that this was the third most article, I believe we read article we had over the past week. It's a new thing we were just putting out there. It's this, um, new thing we're going to be putting out every Friday called the, um, is uh, truck availability report. I saw that. So I clicked. It's going to kind of show some, um, that we're, we've been, um, just working with this company called Curious Source, and it's just telling some companies, um, their name, where their pickup areas are, where their drop-off area, and the type of equipment they have, and it gives link for contacts so you can get their contact information. And this will be something that will change as time goes on. So, you know, we're going to see, you know, hopefully when you look at this this Friday, it's going to be different companies and or different pickup areas and drop-off areas. So it's going to be a nice little thing, and we're looking to see ways we can expand other transportation partnerships to kind of give people more information, you know, like we have in newsletters to kind of, you know, show them the whole supply chain and how we can just, you know, hopefully have like a one newsletter that can kind of help everyone in different areas like that throughout the year. Yeah. I don't know about, well, probably not you guys, but other lumber companies that could probably relate is we get probably 10 calls a day of carriers that are wanting business or they want to get, you know, I'm looking for your freight department so we can be one of your carriers. And so, mm -hmm. We are at the point, you know, we've compiled a list uh, internally and we're at the point where we're telling uh, brokers that we're just not accepting anybody new at this time because <laughs> it's yeah. like, my gosh, there's so many of them, but it's really the way that you guys put it in this email from the one that I saw last Friday. Um, I really like how it's organized and how people can just yep. see where the, obviously where the loads go and what's in demand. It'd also be interesting. I don't know if Blue Book would eventually do this, but it'd be kind of cool to see like what what rates are depending on the regions, you know, like price per mile type of thing on a weekly yeah. basis. Um, yeah. Not that you guys are a price reporting uh, well, publication, no, but... That, but... 
that that could work. I mean, one thing we've looked at is you know having other things. They have other mappings that can show like hot spots for pickups as they like ebb and flow. You know, like there's right. certain areas that are you know hot now that will be cool in the future. So that's something that we've looked at potentially. It's you know kind of incorporating um in a newsletter. You know, in the um going forward as well, whether it be in ours or maybe if we end up having a spe- enough a special you know weekly once a week you know transportation thing. You know, depending right. on the demand and you know the information that we have available as well. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a great idea because um, that's something that we could all learn from throughout our careers. Like, oh, I know that because it's Apple season, like freight rates are going to go up this amount. Exactly. And I need to be incorporating that into my pricing. So there's always all these little variables you have to pay attention to. And that, that one would be pretty interesting to say, oh, well, like Christmas trees are shipping. So like, yep. there's going to be then, like lower boom, availability flatbeds. Exactly. Why not? So, yep. So I'll keep posted on that as, you know, the next one to see how, yeah. you know, we have changes and whatnot. So I'll keep following that. That's awesome. Uh, a couple of the last few things are some pretty quick ones. Um, I'd mentioned a curtailment. Sinclair announced that they are going to be curtailing one um, shift um, at their operations that they have in um, Vanderhoof, B.C., um, so there's, there, it's just a line curtailment, um, uh, or ship curtailment rather, not the whole mill as a whole. So they're still going to be operating as normal through the end of October, then taking it from, um, reducing it from two shifts down to one shift. Mm. And that's a permanent thing. Although obviously who knows if things change in the future, that can happen, but it's not a temporary one for now. It's ongoing until things would ever change. Okay. Um, lumber price index for the end of last week, um, it, it was down to 469 from the previous week when it was up at 496. So a decrease of about five and a half percent, almost 5.4%. So, you know, having it flowing again. Um, so we'll see how that ends up ending at the end of this week as well. Yeah. Now that and the then, seasons are changing, you think, gotta think that, um, demand is going to change. I was wondering when we were talking about quarterly earnings as well as if mm-hmm. that has, that probably impacts lumber pricing as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because so, if I read something like, oh, um, this company A is reporting a net loss because, you know, due to lumber prices and mm-hmm. demand, I have a feeling that that would affect pricing mm-hmm. shortly after that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So then the last one we have, again, on a happy note, is that uh, Tampa International Forest Products announced that they're having a leadership transition, which is pretty cool. So yeah. um, Joe's going to be retiring um, February 1st of next year, and Sam's taking over as president going forward. So that's Sam, pretty cool news. I mean, Sam's very well-deserved, you know, been there a long time, 100%. you know, been in the industry. So I was very happy to read that, and it's a great move in my opinion. So, you know, congratulations to Sam and, and yeah. Joe on his retirement as well. Congrats to Joe and Sam. Yeah, Sam Barracano. Is, is that how you say his last name? I don't ever know if I'm saying it right. Yes, I believe so. That's okay. what I, that's how I always say So I, I was trying to avoid saying it, so I didn't butcher it last in case I was incorrect. So I'm glad you did instead of me. Thank you. I He was a he showed up as a mentor at one of my NALA events uh, that I participated in. He's a really awesome guy. Awesome that he, like you said, well-deserving. So we're excited for Absolutely. him. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Well, that's all I got for today. So, you know, okay. um, yes. Awesome. Well, we'll see you in another week or so for our next live adjacent show. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. All right. Thanks, Trent. <laughs> Almost live. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>